It is Monday, December 19th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well, as we are just six days away from a fat man sliding down the chimney, which seems pretty realistic to me. Um, I know it's exciting time. Plouffe just wants to get the show done so he can continue all of his holiday shopping. The good people out there already have it done. I have most of it done. I told you that just a few loose ends to tie up small little gifts, teachers, gifts, stuff like that. But I'm going to, I'm going to get it done today. And then, you know, I'll have the rest of the week to chill, drink my eggnog, prepare those cookies for Santa, man. And don't forget about the reindeer. Always leave a carrot. That's very sweet of you. Very sweet. Uh, Before we get started, special shout out to my mother-in-law, Janet. Birthday today. I missed her birthday brunch over the weekend because I was freezing my arse off in Cleveland, Ohio, covering the Browns and Ravens on NFL Network. So, Janet, you, I'm sorry. I'll be a big hug and a kiss on Christmas Eve. Yeah, you better. She gave you Michelle. That is the truth. Yeah. And they're exactly the same. So I love them. I love her. I love Michelle. We're good to go. I love Dansby Swanson loves the north side of Chicago. He has signed to be the Chicago Cubs shortstop for the next seven years and $177 million. Uh, in your opinion, is he the centerpiece of a rebuild, or did the Cubs overspend on just a really solid, solid baseball player? Okay. I don't think he's necessarily the centerpiece of a rebuild, but I also don't think they overspent on uh, you know, a solid player. You are what you're worth. You're worth what someone's willing to pay you. Dansby had an incredible mm-hmm. year last year. If you want to go check out his baseball savant page, I haven't until now about half an hour ago, it's nice, okay, especially for this last year. And there's a few things that he did a little bit differently that I think probably coincide with his age and just, you know, being in the big leagues for as long as he has been now. Like, he started to hit off-speed a little bit better. He's on the fastball, and he hit the slider better last year, okay? Those are things that come with just eyeballs on pitches. So we used to say, Chris, that people were in their prime, like when they started to hit 27, 28. Like that could be this, like you could turn the page offensively at this time in your career. And I think that's what Chicago is banking on a little bit more plate discipline out of Dansby. I think he's going to enjoy hitting there. Is he going to have the teammates around him like he did in Atlanta? No, but I still think there's, they have a decent lineup there in Chicago. So I think this is the right step in the direction for the Cubs. Um, Clearly they're behind the Cardinals and probably even the Brewers still. Uh, but it's not like this division is gone. Like, you know, things happen. Okay. If, you know, some injuries on some teams go like the Cubs can make a run at this thing. And I don't think they're done. I think there's still some things they can do, but to go and snag Dansby, I, I think was the right move. And they talked about it all off season long. They wanted one of these short stops. They got one of them. So you got to be happy if you're a Cubs fan. You know, I think I've probably been a little unfair uh, when I've been talking about Dansby in the offseason that I called him a distant fourth in the shortstop free agency race. You know, hitting-wise, I do believe that. I think that our Carlos Correa is a guy, even though he hasn't been asked to carry a team, except at times during the postseason. You know, he's never been, like, the true one and only centerpiece in a situation. Uh, last year in Minnesota, they tried with that. The team around him just wasn't very good. Um so I think he's a guy who can be a centerpiece. Uh, Trey Turner can be a centerpiece. Xander Bogarts is going to be a really good piece of the puzzle, and he's a really excellent hitter. He's been one of the best in baseball, in my opinion, over the last decade. That's not exactly what you get out of Dansby Swanson, but you know what you get? 
you do get a shortstop who's had the most power over those four in terms of home runs over the last two years. He's got 52. Uh, Turner's got 49. Correa's got 48. And Xander's got 38. So he's got the most home run power of the that group of four in the last two years. He's got probably, I'd call him the second best defensive shortstop. I think Correa is just elite, elite. But Swanson's not that far behind. Now, you made a, a, an interesting point. To me, it's what do the Cubs do around him? Like, they feel like they've got some building blocks defensively up the middle between Dansby and Horner and Bellinger in center. They're going to be really strong. I like the addition of Tyone. They're bringing Smiley back. So I think they'll be competitive. Are they going to go from 74 to 88 wins? I don't think so. But I think it's the smart play. Yeah, and look, you got him for quite some time now. So this isn't just for next year. You know, it's for the years in the future um, as well. So I, I agree. I, I like this move. I think he's going to be really happy in Chicago. I think they're going to really enjoy the way he plays the game because this guy is power and speed. I mean, he was almost a 2020 guy last year. There's not a lot of those walking mm-hmm. around the big leagues, 25 homers, 18 stolen bases. So he can kind of do it all on the field. And he's just got that. He's, he's got star potential, man. He does. And, and, you know, not all of it is baseball related. He's a good looking dude and kind of like, yeah. he's got the hair and all that. And look, I know that doesn't count for wins and losses, but it gets people interested in your team. I mean, Dansby's a guy that I think people will go and want to watch play. Yeah, the, I think the, the big problem here in terms of perception, I don't know if it's reality. When you talked about the Atlanta Braves the last several years, how many names did you sift through before you got to Dansby Swanson, right? During their World Series run, and then even during last year, it was either Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, Max Freed, Spencer Strider, uh, you know, Ozzy Albies. All these guys are dudes you would talk about seemingly before you ever got to Dansby Swanson, even when a Michael Harris exploded on the scene. Because Dansby was always the dependable guy, but at times he was polarizing in that Braves community. Yeah, but he had some real clutch moments for them, mm-hmm. kind of a guy that would rise to the occasion. Totally. So, like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, he's just a – you called him a solid ball player before. I think he's that and, and plus. Solid ball player plus. Yeah. And he just got paid, man. I, I'm just happy for the dude. I am too. And let's yeah. remember one last point I want to make. He was a guy that went deep in all three games of that enormous Mets series in Atlanta at the end of the year and against some pretty good damn pitchers. So he can swing it when he needs to. Good for him and good for the Northsiders. In the meantime, we had guys basically changing spots in L.A. and Boston over the weekend. J.D. Martinez, one year for $10 million to the Dodgers. Justin Turner, who's kind of been the lifeblood of the Dodgers organization for the last seven or eight years, two years for $22 million to Boston. Do both teams' off-season plans make sense, or have they been a bit of a head-scratcher for you? This is a loaded question with two rabid fan bases who were both kind of like sitting thinking, what, what's what's going on here? Uh, the departure of JT from Los Angeles, I, I think, can't be understated. He has developed into an icon out here. I'll say it. I mean, he's going to be around the Dodgers organization far beyond his playing years. He's going to be one of those dudes that's just, he's a Dodger. Okay, I'm happy that he got this deal uh, with the Red Sox. And I'm happy that J.D. gets to go to L.A. and work with his guy, Rob Vanskoyek, who, you know, they came up together. Rob was his hitting coach. Now he's the hitting coach with the Dodgers. That's a cool reunion there. Um, The Dodgers, I think, their offseason makes a little bit more sense 
to me. You know, they didn't have a ton of holes to fill. Yes, they've lost some guys, but they still have a good roster. They still believe in some of the guys in the upper level minor leagues. And then I think if you're really thinking about it, they have a chance to get under uh, the tax threshold this year. And you know who's a free agent next year and who they're going to go try to take a run at. I think they really have the eye on, on that prize, going out and getting Shohei next year. And that kind of explains some of the sitting pat uh, scenario here. With the Red Sox, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, they they zooed the Xander Bogarts thing. The Rafael Devers thing is shady to say the least. I don't want to say shady, but it's just strange the way they've handled this also. So we got one of their guys, uh, Carabas, saying he has absolutely zero faith in them re-signing Devers. And he's pretty plugged in over there, so that's that's not good. You don't want to hear that if you're the fan base. So I think their offseason, the Red Sox, that is, is more of a head-scratcher to me than the Dodgers. I think they have somewhat of a plan. We mentioned the Bauer situation uh, before with them, too. Um, Haim has got to show me something. Yeah, very quickly on the Dodgers. Uh, I don't know. Is Gavin Lux your opening day shortstop? I don't know. Who's in center field? Are you comfortable with Trace Thompson or Chris Taylor? going that direction. Um, is Jason Hayward going to make their team? I, I don't know. But to me, all the questions are about Boston. The way they've gone about their free agency is they've brought in guys, veterans for the most part, who are guys who would help you get over the top, right? Kenley Jansen feels like he's really at the end of it, but Atlanta did a nice job with him last year. He was saving critical games. Uh, they signed Chris Martin. So they tried to fortify their bullpen there. They go get Yoshida, depending on which circles you run in, uh, what rabbit holes you dive into, they overpaid for him, for a guy who's five foot eight. Justin Turner is a guy who, he's the guy, he's like the final piece of a puzzle. That's what he feels like at this point of his career. You know, his second half was outstanding, way better than J.D. Martinez's. So he can still swing it at age 38. But it just feels like Boston's lagging behind. If you were to rank the teams in the American League East right now, I've, I've, I've at least got three ahead of them. And maybe Baltimore, if they get up off their ass and start spending some money in the offseason. Don't you? Yeah, and that's I think Red Sox fans know that's still tough to hear. it. I'm kind of looking at their lineup on Fangrass right now. It's it's a little light. I mean, there's some guys that can have big years. It's Obviously, there's light, some good dude. players. It's It's pretty light, especially for Boston. And we keep saying this about these big market teams. And I, and I also want to stop saying, is this guy overpaid? No, nobody's overpaid because that's what someone offered them. And like, you know, these, these baseball teams, I, they don't like to overpay for anything. I so agree with you. What I'm saying is for the talent level, like what, if you're going to pay 90 plus a $15 million posting fee, what type of player are you paying for? I agree with you. I, players are exactly worth whatever one team pays for them. Tim Tebow will always be a first-round NFL pick because the Denver Broncos saw him as a first-round pick. So I agree with you on all that. I'm yeah. just saying that that, that that was my point here. That's all. No, I get it. I get it. But I hear that all around. Like, Oh, like someone told me that $12 million for Michael Brantley was too much to pay. And I was like, for who? Right. How is that? You know, like, I, I just, I don't want to hear that anymore. Okay. Like go out and get good players. If you got to spend, you got to spend. They're worth what they're worth. Okay. I agree with you on Justin Turner and kind of being like the final piece there in Boston. I still really like him as a player. I think he's going to do really good do things too. there, but yeah, like the Red Sox should not be in the position where they're 
the fourth best team or maybe even the fifth best team in their division. That should like really never happen. And I think a lot of Red Sox fans are starting to, to feel that way. Like, why is this happening the way it's happening? Why is Mookie Betts gone? You know, why is um, JD Martinez gone now? Why is Xander Bogarts gone now? Why haven't we signed Rafael Devers? That's, I mean, the, the, the package that they got back for Mookie Betts is thinner and thinner as the years go on. That's going to be the one thing that I think really, really haunts time. Okay. Two last points here. The Red Sox are trying to convince themselves and maybe their fan base that they want to win right now. They're trying to convince themselves. And I don't think all of the moves add up to a team that wants to jump over Tampa, Toronto, and New York in the standings and possibly Baltimore. The other point is, damn, it's a good day to be Raphael Devers' agent. I mean, holy shit. You can just walk into Heim's office and be like, he's the only one left. Like, do you want to be the guy who traded Mookie Betts, who let Xander Bogarts walk, and either traded or let Raphael Devers walk out of the building as well? Do you want that hat trick on your resume? Because if you do, more power to you. But if not, here's our asking price. Call me when you're ready to match it. I think like the asking price is already out there. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hefty price. They weren't willing to go that way with Xander and, and they're going to have to do it with Devers. So that's, I think you're totally right. The leverage right now is all with Devers. Uh, and we'll see if, if they bite on that, or do you hold strong and say, I have a plan stick with me. I don't, I'm not so sure which way they're going to go. That doesn't matter for Devers and his crew. He doesn't, they don't care about no damn plan. In Boston, yeah, but they can they ask. They, can ask, for, they, they can ask for the money and make all those points that you made, but you still got to write the check. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, still a few holiday shopping days left, so let our family over at True Classic Tees take care of you. They have already helped more than two million men look great in their tees, so you can get it for yourself. You can get it for a family member. You can get it for that someone special in your life. I want you to head on over to trueclassic.com slash today. You're going to get 25 bucks off of the True Classic Tees with this exclusive link. Now, here's what I love about these True Classic Tees, and I've got a whole gamut full of them, okay? Like, if you were to look in my closet, I'm one of those nerds that puts all my T-shirts and I color code them, right? So I've got a a black True Classic Tee. I've got, like, a a light uh, grayish one. I've got kind of a grayish blue one. I've got a green one. So whatever mood I'm feeling in, uh, I just grab one of those true classic tees and it feels great. I love the way that it's tapered at the bottom. It gives you the nice wide shoulders. So if you're a dude who's kind of broad, kind of like me, you feel good about it, right? You slide one of those on. I walk downstairs. I see Michelle. She gets that little true classic twinkle in her eye. So that's always a good deal for you as well. Uh, So head on over to True Classic dot com slash today you're going to get 25 percent off uh if you're a tall guy don't worry about it you can shop at true classic if you're a big guy don't worry you can shop at true classic in fact they have sizes all the way up to triple xl so get 25 percent off trueclassic.com slash today any order over 100 bucks you get free shipping as well so go treat yourself go treat somebody else special in your life to true classic tees right now we continue on. Late last week, Yankee fans were smiling. They were like, we did it. We did it. We brought another big name in here. Carlos Rodon 
Six years, $162 million. They've now got a fantastic starting rotation. In your opinion, how much has New York closed the gap on the world champion Houston Astros in the battle for AL supremacy? <sighs> oh! Wearing this Yankee hat this whole time, baby. All to say this, they haven't closed the gap. I'm sorry, they haven't. Okay, look. At all? Aaron, well, maybe a little bit. Carlos Rodon, that pushes the needle for me. So I take that back. They've closed it, but the gap, there's still a gap. It's like you open the door, it's freezing outside, and someone says shut the door, and you shut it halfway. It's still going to be freezing. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Look, I don't. you had to sign Aaron Judge. You had to do that. You did it. You brought Rizzo back. I like those. Obviously, those are great moves. Carlos Rodon, to me, that was the the Yankees being the Yankees. We've been asking him to do that. They bring in a guy. I really love their rotation now. But, Chris – they're relying on these young dudes to really step up and do something, right? Like how many – Jake brought this to my attention the other day. How many shortstops have they passed up on the free agent market and the trade market over the last couple of years? Some elite talents they've passed up on. Yes. So Volpe and Peraza and Cabrera, you guys – you like have to be dudes because go ahead and look at that lineup. It's top-heavy, okay? And what the Astros have is a lineup that's not top-heavy. It is long. They play defense. They pitch. They start. They relieve. They do everything. The Yankees have a good team, but they there's still a sizable gap, in my opinion, between them and the Houston Astros. There really is. Well, I think you make a great point um, about the lineups, right? If you go when when you compare the the lineups, let's say they get to the ALCS every year, and then they do a position by position breakdown, like who's got the edge here, who's got the edge there. Like, if you do that throughout the entire lineup, there's a clear, clear edge for the Astros at second base, at shortstop, at third, in, you know, right field Aaron Judge. But Kyle Tucker's not like a bad baseball player, <laughs> right? I mean, I get there's a huge disparity there, but it's not like, like if we're to compare guys, Kyle Tucker is a top five right fielder, if not a top three right fielder in the entire sport. Uh, you know, Center field, who's playing center field these days for these teams? I, I don't McCormick even know. and Bader right now. According, I think overall, yeah. what you're the point you're trying to make is I think that the Astros have a better outfield than the Yankees. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, if you include Jordan and the if you include Jordan and Brantley now as the outfield, yeah, I mean, those are the left fielders. Ch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, hitting has been a mess for both teams behind the plate for the most part. Um, and then it's not like the Yankees rotation. You think the Yankees rotation is better than the Astros, don't you? With the subtraction of Verlander for one and the addition of Rodon for the other, don't you? I think they're very comparable. I, I still do. Really? Yeah, because I think the, I think the Astros have more depth. Um, you know, they maybe do. the maybe the higher end talent is with the Yankees, which is good. And in a in a postseason series, like that's kind of what you want is the high end talent. But to get through a season and to you know, if there's an injury, like I think the Astros have more depth. And remember, they got like Justin Verlander light coming up. Like we didn't really even get to see a ton of him. We'll Brown. see what he can do in the rotation. They just yeah. they keep churning him out, dude. Yeah, but as, guess- as constructed right now, I think the Yankees probably have a better starting rotation but like again the astros are not far behind there they have an excellent starting rotation well you know the yankees got swept in four games by the astros in the alcs 
Do you know how many runs the Yankees scored in those four games? I don't recall. I've blocked this 2022 Nine. season already. Oh. Nine. They scored five of them, I think, in one game or something. So, I mean, that's not going to be enough. Now, the Astros weren't exactly lighting up, plays up like it was a pinball machine either. But as we said, they're they're just better. They're better. Cole, Rodon, and Nestor. That's a really nice first three. I expect Nestor to continue to be what he is. I know some people like think about that because he doesn't have like the arsenal that other guys have, but he's a pitcher and he knows and he's got it done uh, enough now that we can kind of bank on it. So I like the top three there. Um, but again, going back to your original question, I just think there still is a gap um, between the Astros and, and any other team in the American League, not just the Yankees. And I'm also not so sure the Yankees are going to win the division. That's the other thing. We just don't know. I mean, the AL East is extremely competitive. I love what Seattle has built up there. I still think maybe they need to tinker a little bit with it to get past the Astros. I know the Rangers have made strides, but they're not they're not close to the Astros. Let's not joke around there. Come on. Let's continue on. Andrew Benintendi, five years, $75 million to head to the Southsiders. Is that too much for a guy who had all of five home runs last year in about 130 games? You know my answer to this. No, it's not. Because that's that's not the only thing you you know rate a player on. Okay. I think you know, Yankees fans saw uh, Benintendi and really wanted him back. And I think he fits better with the White Sox. It allows Eloy to get out of left field. Every time I watch Eloy play left field, I'm like, I don't know if he should be out there. Um, let's stop let's running just let into you, nets and walls and stuff. Yeah, dude. let's just keep you healthy. Let's just let you hit, bro. So I think that is going to be a massive addition to their team, addition by subtraction, if you will. Put him out there. You have him and La Pantera out there in center field. They can really go get it. So I like that addition. And Benatani is just a solid player. Like he's going to give you good at bats. Um, they were a really uh, right-handed heavy team. We kept saying that last year. Now here we got a guy that can then balance the lineup out a little bit. So I think this, look, these numbers are big. Uh, it's the going rate. You know, during the the COVID season and before we had the CBA and all the lockouts and stuff, I think we got used to some numbers that weren't really what they were supposed to be. CBA is ratified. We got five years of, you know, peace. The numbers are going to be what, they're, what they are right now. So I think that's a fair deal for him. I think he's going to really have success in Chicago. And, and look, here's me saying this again. I like Chicago. I think they're going to be a really good team. They had a horrible year last year. I think they're the best team in the Central. They're better than I, I still think they're better than your guardians. Sorry. Probably talent wise, but talent doesn't always right. win You're out. Right. How you play the sport and when guys are healthy is a big deal. This was a non healthy team. And by the way, they didn't hit a ton of homers. They're and not Jose home was gone. I keep forgetting that. Oh man. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. By the way, would it shock you if I told you that Andrew Benintendi just signed the largest deal ever? In Chicago White Sox history, it's $75 million. Well, I've read it, so I'm not shocked, but it is shocking that that's it. Yeah, but they've offered well, were more you than shocked that, when though. you read it? They, yeah, but they've offered more than that. But that doesn't mean that – So, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Nothing. It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Right. You got to close the deal, brother. Um, I like I, I like the thought process because he is such a different type player in that lineup, and I think you need versatility and diversity in a lineup. Uh, I think that Benintendi gives you that. Uh, he gives you uh, some degree of athleticism. I also think that um, 
I'm curious to see how bad on ball guys translate with the new rules changes. I think that this might be a little bit of the wave of the future. Um, I think every team will make a play, a decent money play for guys like this. So I thought it was a good, solid move. Good, solid move for them. You know what's funny, man, is he's a guy that doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, and I think we're going to start to see that too. And, and, and within baseball circles, you talk to pitchers, the guys that swing and miss a lot and maybe pop a homer here and there, they love pitching. They love pitching to those guys. There's so many holes. Yeah. You can expose them. You can get swings and misses in big situations. When you have a guy that's the battling and fouling pitches off, they hate that. We saw that with what Jeremy Pena had a bunch of good at bats last year in the postseason doing that. You know, just getting the next guy up. Your boy Stephen Kwan didn't even swing and miss at a pitch for like a thousand pitches. So, like, you talk to pitchers; those are the guys they don't want to face. All right, before we get out of here for the day, um, blooper back at it again. Over the weekend, they had a mascot football game against the little tykes out there in Minnesota. He ends up trucking kids left and right. We've seen this before out of blooper, the Braves mascot. Are we buying in, or should the skit just end now? I don't like this at all. I, you know, I thought I was gonna like laugh and like, haha, blooper, but then I'm like watching it right now and like, let's go, dude. Like, that kid could have seriously got hurt. And if I was his dad, I go fight blooper like right away or at least confront him. We don't condone violence, no, we confront him. You know what you're signing up for. And by the way, if you're a kid, you, Do you see go any other mascots blooper. doing that? Do you see any other mascots doing that? Hey. You got to read the scouting report on Blooper. If you don't want any piece of him, then stay out the way or go I want, really give low. Me blooper. Go really low. Give me Blooper. I'll truck stick that dude. Dude, Blooper would throw you into row F. <laughs> How big is he? <laughs> dude, he's let me know what I just got myself heavy. into right there. Yeah, yeah he's I got know, some, right? some meat to him, huh? Shit. He's the he's the Derrick Henry of mascots. Go try and tackle that guy when <laughs> he breaks for, into the secondary. Look, mascot on mascot crime. Go ahead, Blooper. Leave the kids alone. We're back at it again later this week. Check our social media channels to see what it is. We think we'll go Thursday, but if there's more news over the first few days of the week, we might hop on on Wednesday. You just never know. Uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and newfound Yankees fan, Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on Baseball Today.